Welcome to Gateway Community Church, Webster, Texas. We're so glad you found us, and we hope this message helps you discover more about God and His unique plan for your life. And we are blessed to have James right down here, down front, and uh, all that God does in and through him. Let me tell you, that's, that, that story is much, much longer. There's so much more God has done in his life. That's just like hitting the high points, and it's so awesome. But I love what he said. I'm blessed beyond description. Where does that sense of being blessed come from? I mean, in, in a real sense, it's, it's, not, it's not based on how things are going. Because as you heard him say, divorce, two major, major heart attacks, transplant. Those are not the kinds of things that you would typically say, man, that's a blessed life. You know, you're probably not going to, that's not the kind of thing where folks walk up to you and say, you know, James, you're really fortunate. You're really lucky. I don't think most of us would, that would be our first inclination. So why is he blessed? And the Bible would point to his commitment to Jesus Christ, which changes how he and we see everything, including life. Commitment changes everything, doesn't it? I mean, I grew up in Louisiana, and um, it seemed like most folks, as you're growing up there, the kind of the state school was LSU, Louisiana State University. And uh, yeah, I heard someone, and, and just in case you're not sure, James is down here with an LSU hat on. But somehow, I ended up going to the other end of the state, to Louisiana Tech. Any, anybody heard of it? There's, there's a few. And uh, we were bulldogs, and, you know, we weren't, we wouldn't be what you call FBS today, but I remember my sophomore year, uh, there was a, a bas- women's basketball game. LSU had been top-ranked uh, up, way up there, and LSU, I mean, Louisiana Tech was on the rise. And uh, our point guard was Kim Mulkey, who is the head coach at Baylor today, and uh, it was an amazing game, and in the end, we won. And, and I think that was the first time in decades that Louisiana Tech had beaten LSU in sports in anything. And we went nuts. I mean, you would think we'd won the national championship. It was amazing. And, and, and you know, here I was, I'd grown up in Louisiana, and LSU was supposedly my team, but now I was committed to Louisiana Tech. Sorry, James. Because commitment changes everything. How we see things, how we see life, and, and commitment comes because of a decision we make to put something so high on our list of priorities that it changes how then I live that life. You and I recognize commitment because of sacrifices for the things that we're committed to, that, where we spend money or we give up time or we, we invest effort into those things. Marriage is one of the most significant commitments any human being makes because it's intended to be for the rest of our days here on earth. And let me just just tell you that no marriage works without commitment. It doesn't. If it lacks it from both persons, it's not going to work. 
And it's one of the reasons why we make a big deal formalizing that commitment of marriage in a ceremony to stand before witnesses, guests, and before God and to say, I am making this a big commitment. I, I'm, I'm not going to let this be something that maybe happened back over here on the, in the dark. This is something I want everybody to know about because I want to be held accountable to that commitment. I want to stand up for that commitment. I want that commitment to carry me through the rest of my days. And God tells us the same thing is true in our relationship with him. He created us. He designed us, for heaven's sakes. He knows what is best for us. And in his very first rule or, or law in, in Exodus 20, he tells us he created us to put him first in our lives. He says, you must not have any other God but me. None. And then as you read through the rest of the Old Testament, what you see is time and time again the, the story of what happens to people when something or someone is put first in our lives and the disasters that come, the tragedies that come, the adversity, the, the heartache, the destruction, the broken relationships, the broken nations that come. Jesus said, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. Jesus, the, the, the very Son of God, confirms exactly what, Jesus, what God had said. Commit to putting God first in our lives. And we do this because our commitments shape our lives. They shape what matters to us. They shape what we do, what we, what we are involved in, how we invest our lives. And the Bible shows us that Jesus came as God in the flesh to call us to this commitment. And it is a big deal. In fact, it is a huge deal. Jesus said, if any of you wants to be my follower, in other words, if you're going to make this commitment, if you're going to do this, he wants you to understand what the consequences are. You must turn from your selfish ways, take up your cross daily, and follow me. And notice what he says here. He says we must do this. He doesn't say maybe you ought to consider. He doesn't say this would be a nice idea. He doesn't say when it's convenient for you. He says we must do it. We must live it every day, daily. And it's, it's all about following him versus my desires or my wants or my wishes or what I think is best. And the key to this living, this is the key to living that, that blessed life that James said he has experienced. And what he, he and, and many of us want you to hear is that it is a mistake to try everything else first. It's a mistake to say, well, I'll do it later, after I've had my fun and maybe disaster. He, he wants us to understand that through our commitment to Jesus Christ, we experience God's best his blessings, even now. It changes our heart. It changes the desires of our hearts. Even in the midst of incredibly trying times and, and not just when we get to heaven. It, it's not just about then, but also about now. In fact, we can discover God's love and faithfulness even more in trying times. We had a, a service yesterday afternoon at 5 o'clock for Tracy Faree, a, Long-time person, member of this church. Battled cancer for 25 months. 
And it would be easy to say her life was horrible these last two years. And yet what we heard testimony after testimony after testimony was not only did others around her become blessed, but she felt blessed. That goes against the grain. That, that's, not what, that's not what we expect, that when hard times come that it can somehow be a blessing. It doesn't mean we like it. It doesn't mean it's fun. But it means there is something more going on here. And, and the thing about commitments is we never reap the rewards and benefits of them until we make them. If you wonder why Christianity hasn't seemed very significant in your life and you've only kind of played around the edges of it and never really committed to it, Maybe that's exactly why. Because if you have not made a commitment to Jesus Christ, quite honestly, there is no way you can experience what it's like. And yet when we hear stories like James and and so many more across this room and in this church and across this community, you can get an idea of how amazing it is that, that he could say in the midst of all that he's been through that he's blessed. And Tracy said, she was blessed. And so many others who have gone through adversity. We think you're blessed or you're good when things are going your way. And God is telling us a whole different story. And one of the dangers is in, Christ, in Christianity is that we can fool ourselves into thinking that by just saying the words, we, we should gain whatever God has to offer. You know, God, I said it. Shouldn't that count? Isn't that good enough? But, but here's the, the, the concern that you and I need to be aware of is that God knows our hearts. Back in the Old Testament, he says, I, I don't look at the outward signs. I don't look at you on the outside. I look at your heart on the inside because he knows what we're thinking. He knows what we're really believing and, and what we're, we're kind of crossing our fingers. You know, I'm, I'm all with you, God. Hint, hint, you know, one of those kinds of things. He knows that we're only fooling ourselves. And, by the way, we are hurting the cause of Christ because when we play at it, we're, our lives, our actions do not reflect well on Christ. You know that. You know that anytime someone you're around doesn't really believe in the cause, they're not really committed They don't give their all. You can tell that they're just going through the motions. You can tell that they're going to bail at the first chance, first time it gets tough. And you know if they say something, you don't even take it too seriously. That's the danger when we just play the game of Christianity. The blessings of following Christ come only through true, genuine commitment. It's why our our mission here at Gateway is to lead everyday people to become sort of halfway followers. No. To become fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ. Full devotion, full commitment. And it's why we realize that that you can't describe a fully devoted follower of Christ apart from their having a commitment to him that is full on. We've developed a description of a fully devoted follower of Christ, but it's also a prescription of how we have to live in order to be and become a fully devoted follower of Christ. And while it's not everything, we believe that a fully devoted follower of Christ will commit to following Christ, connect 
with one another. In other words, we do this together. We're in this, in this journey together. Serve my church and my world. It's not about me. It's never about me. It's always about going beyond me and share the good news because, again, it is not about me. And we have this, this gift not to hoard but to give away. And we're going, to be, we're going to be looking at the, the, the second through the fourth ones of those in coming weeks, but today we're just focused on the importance of commitment. And it begins with making a commitment to Jesus Christ and then following that commitment with actions, not just words, but with actions that continue to live that commitment out day in and day out, like spending time with God every day as a part of our commitment to him. And if you have not made that commitment, if you don't, experience blessings in this life. We're going to give you an opportunity to do that today through what we kind of call the ABCs. A is admit that I am a sinner in the need of God's grace through Jesus Christ. The Bible says for everyone has sinned. We all fall short of God's glorious standard. There's no exceptions to that. Next, believe, be, believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God who died on the cross for the forgiveness of my sins. Yes, for the sins of the world, but also for mine personally. For the sins that I've committed just since I got up this morning, and for the sins I've committed this past week, and the sins I've committed since the day I was born. Scriptures say God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. And finally, confess Jesus Christ as both my Savior, in other words, the one who died on that cross for the forgiveness of my sins and the sins of the world. But it's more than being Savior. It's more than something he did in the past that I can just thank him for, for that did, but also that he is my Lord or Master, that I choose to follow him the rest of my days because I am committed to him. I'm not playing a game with this. I'm not just kind of saying, thank you, Lord, cross my fingers, hope I don't ever have to do anything else. No, I am making him Lord. I am saying, you're the master of my life. You tell me how to live my life. You set the priorities of how I live, and you reveal that to me through your word, the Bible, and, and for it gives me everything I need for the journey ahead. The Bible says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God, and it is by confessing with your mouth that you are saved. And I want to give to anyone here this morning who needs to make that decision, I want to give you that opportunity to do it now. Or if you need to recommit, because somewhere along the line, that commitment drifted away, you can do that too. I want to invite you just to pray with me. And, and if you want to commit your life, then in your mind, repeat these words or some version of them that are appropriate for you to God. To say them in your mind to God as your commitment. So would you bow your heads and pray with me. Gracious God, thank you so much for your grace, which is so amazing. And so this morning, I, I, I am before you admitting that I am a sinner in the need of your grace as it has come to us through Jesus Christ. Because I am a sinner, and I try to do my best, and yet it still falls far short of your glory. Second, Father, 
I, can, I confess that I believe Jesus is the Son of God who died on the cross for the forgiveness of my sins, that I can't fix what's wrong. I can't work harder. But you promise that what Jesus did on the cross was sufficient to take my place, and I choose now to believe that, to live by faith in that. And therefore, I confess Jesus as my Savior and my Lord. And my decision now is to trust him and follow him the rest of my days. That this would not simply be a few words to throw out, but this would be my commitment. My commitment to you, Heavenly Father. Because as when the troubles of life come, or maybe if I'm in the midst of them even right now, I want to experience blessing. Not that it means my troubles go away or everything's great, but even in the midst of that, to know I can be blessed. And when things are going well, that your blessing is just as real. I pray that. I ask for this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Now, if you made that if you prayed that today, if you made that decision, congratulations. God bless you. That is, that is so cool, so wonderful, and we're so excited for you. And here's what I want you to do. First, I want you to tell someone today about your decision. Tell someone. Why? Because, because it's easy to kind of try to hide it away. And that's where the enemy starts to tell us lies. And later on, I think, well, did you really make the commitment? If you tell someone then you're standing up for that commitment you made. Remember how we, we do that when we get married? We stand up and we acknowledge it before people. You acknowledge it before someone today. Our prayer team is going to be down here after the service, and they would love to pray with you about that, to talk with you, to, to point you to next steps in your journey. And we also have on the Find It page of our, of our website, if you go down a little bit ways, a little bit of the ways, it says next steps. And there are things right there, it fills the whole screen of next steps that you can take to take another step in this journey that you've begun today. Because here's the thing I want you to hear. This really is the single most important de decision and commitment that any human being ever makes. Because it's the only one that determines your eternity. You make lots of important decisions, and we, we want to support you and help you in those. But this is the only decision that determines what happens when you die. Because we believe that, that life goes on beyond death. And it can be separated from God or it can be with Jesus forever and ever. You know, I grew up in a ch going to church. Uh, it was just kind of something we did. And, and, and I, I liked church. I loved God. But I don't know that I did it with my whole heart. And as I went through college and I drifted away, I finally got to the point where something had to change. If you were with us last week, you know something couple of people invited me. They extended hospitality to me, to their church. And, and probably a year or so after that, I can remember still today, I'm driving in my car in southwest Houston on Bissonette, headed east. I'm at the light at Kirkwood. And I remember the thought hitting me, you know, I can't keep playing at this game of Christianity. I can't keep just kind of 
playing at it. I can't do 50% like God ought to be grateful. Because whether or not God is grateful, 50% is actually almost more like hell than something good. And, and, and even when I worked a little harder at it, it was never enough. 70%, 80%, 90%, 95% was not good enough. I realized in, in there in that moment, I think it was the Holy Spirit speaking in and through me that I had to give God 100%. I had to fully commit to him. I had to give him my best from that day forward. And that's, that was the decision I made. That commitment. Now, fireworks didn't go off. I didn't hear a heavenly choir. There wasn't a glow on my dashboard. But over the next few weeks and months, my life began to change. I looked at life differently. I lived it differently. And, and, and I'm still on that journey. It, I haven't arrived. I don't have it all down yet. I'm still working on it, just as any of us in here who are on that journey are as well. And I will keep working on it by the grace of God until the day Jesus calls me home. But I am blessed. I'm blessed in the midst of health struggles, and I'm blessed in the midst of sometimes trying to figure things out and, and all kinds of things that go on in all of our lives. The Bible says, my old self has been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. So I live in this earthly body by trusting in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Commitment changes everything. And my commitment to Christ changed everything in my life as it did James. In my better moments, then, I'm looking for ways to express that commitment and to, and to grow in my relationship with Christ, whether, whether it's, it's spending time each day reading my Bible and praying. It's trying to be more kind and loving with others, or it's participating in communion. See, communion is a concrete way for us to remember all that Jesus Christ did for us of his incredible love, but it is also a way to reaffirm our commitment to him, to remind us that Jesus was so committed to me and you that he sacrificed his life on the cross for us. And that commitment to him, when we make that, means that we will be with him forever. So this morning we remember that on that last night that he was with us here on earth, he called his friends together and had them sit at a table with him and to share a meal that they did together to experience him. As he, he talked to them about what he wanted them to know, what he wanted them to understand. And then he took a loaf of bread and he broke it. And he said, this is my body broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And then after the supper, he, he took the wine and he, he passed it among his friends. He said, drink from this, all of you, for this is my blood of a new covenant, a new relationship poured out for you, poured out for all, for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you can in remembrance of me. To remember what he did for us because tomorrow is going to come and you and I are going to get busy and we're going to forget. And, and stuff's going to happen in our lives. 
And we're going to say, poor, what, why, why are you doing this to me, God? Because we have forgotten how much he did. That he gave us everything we need for salvation and eternity. And so we come together here to celebrate and remember that and claim that together as the family of God. And to do that, we begin by praying a prayer of confession to say, God, I'm still struggling. Here's, here's some things I need to confess to you. And confession, confession, I don't know how you grew up with it, but what confession biblically means is actually agreeing with what God already knows. Because see, here's the thing. God already knows what you've done. God knows what you're thinking. We can't hide that from him. But we think if, if we can be good enough and kind of sneak around, maybe he won't notice or he won't mind. But here's the thing. When, when your child has done something wrong and you know it, you're sad, but you're even more sad when they don't admit it, aren't you? What you want for them is to tell the truth, to confess. Not because you need to know, but because we need to say. And so as I pray, I'm going to pause and just give us an opportunity, a short opportunity, but an opportunity to offer up to God those things that, that we need to share with him. Confess. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your grace, which is incredible, which is sufficient for every need we have for your grace, which is so abundant and overwhelming and accepts us for who we are. Here now, as we share with you those, those, those places where we fall short, where we sin, those sins that we commit against others, against ourselves, and even those sins where we fail to act. Hear us now, Father. Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And here's the good news. This is what Scripture says. This is what the Bible says. This is what you can take on faith. It says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us. In other words, wash us of all unrighteousness, to wash it away. So here's what I can say to you. I, I hear myself in the name of Jesus Christ your sins are forgiven. Amen. Thanks be to God. Let me invite our servers to come forward at this time. And as they come, let me just give you a little bit of an instruction about what we're going to be doing. We're going to be sharing communion. And if, if you're not a member of this church, that's perfectly fine. We practice what's called open communion, which means that we, sh we welcome anyone regardless of church or denomination, who is simply seeking Christ. If that describes you, 
then we want you to come. And that includes your kids because our kids are doing that too. But someone says, well, well, they don't understand. I don't understand how all this works. It's a mystery. And yet, I do it. And this is what God's family does. So we want our kids to know they are in God's family too. And they can receive this wonderful. Learn more about us, visit www.gateway-community.org. Welcome to your journey.